0: Thank you, Lord. God is good, isn't he? He is always good. He's always got a plan. His purpose has not changed. It is such a strange thing that we humans and God in heaven are connected. And I was just meditating this morning how everybody likes to say it's not fair. And everybody likes to say, you know, why does God allow this and why does God allow that? And I was just meditating that while, you know, God allows bad things, right? That's what the world says. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Simultaneously, we could ask the the equal question, why does God allow good things to happen? Why has God blessed us so much? Right? Why has God been so good to us and so kind to us? It's just an equal question, isn't it? Isn't it interesting, the perspective? We must focus on those things and look at his goodness and his faithfulness. The devil would love to trap, just like he does the world, in the bad things. And we've said it before, they don't care about him until something bad happens anyway. Right? It's all their own doing until something bad happens, right? I'm, I'm this because I did that. But then when something bad goes wrong, God did that. And I was just meditating on it, and I think it's such a special thought that God, we don't even understand how incredible his love is for us. It really has to come by revelation. It has to come uh, from an encounter with him where you just experience his love, and it happens more and more, doesn't it, the more we know him? and walk with him. Amen. I don't want to uh, take too much time here. I want to go right into his word. I believe that God is uh, speaking in this season. He's given um, this series to this church, uh, which I think was very, very important for this time we're in. I do want to say, I feel from the Spirit of the Lord that we are going to see some breakthroughs. What happens is, is we believe for them and then we don't see them for a while, right? So then what happens? We kind of, we get hard or we put them on the shelf and say, well, I'm going to trust God. So in an attempt to trust him, we put the things to the side and say, well, I'm not going to worry about those things. But then you know what ends up happening is they end up staying over there and we forget that God really does want to do things for his body and for his church and in this earth. We become, like, protected, right? We either get hard or we become hard without even realizing it. We just stop focusing on those things and stop, you know, believing God because, well, God must have a plan and a purpose. And I just said that a moment ago, and he does. But what ends up happening is then we don't seek him, we don't pray, and we don't believe him anymore. And it's time we need to really just those things in our lives That we've been believing for and praying for, we need to grab a hold of them and bring them before him again and again and again. Amen. And I do believe that the Lord is bringing us into, I think, uh, a miraculous time. I really do. I think we're going to see the end of some things in this earth in this next season, Um, some conclusions to things that we've been going through, and we're going to be stepping into the next chapter the world's going to be quick to move into their next chapter. Do you understand that? As things begin to transition, and they will, mark my words, by, by this summer, things are going to transition, and they're going to try to move into their next agenda, and we must uh, be alongside the Lord's plan and His agenda, right, for His church and for this earth. Things are happening rapidly. Things are, are turning and changing around this world Uh, in biblical ways. Who believes that? In prophetic ways, right? Things are happening in the earth right now that line up with what I've believed in my word my whole life. I don't know what that's going to look like ultimately, but I do know this, that uh, we must be uh, focused on him and focused on his kingdom and not just go back to uh, life as usual and life as normal, And again, like I've said many times throughout the last couple of years, the world's going to try to define this new normal. So when we even say go back to normal, it's not even going to be what you knew before anyway. It'll be a normal, but it won't be the normal that you knew. And so we must find God's normal, right? It's got to be His norm, right? It's got to be by His Word, and that gap is going to get more and more separated. You understand that. That's the progression of uh, my Bible. That's what happened uh, repetitively, actually, throughout history, for that matter. In many nations, they experienced this. We're going to see it on a world scale, but nations saw that where the Christians and the agendas of their governments or the people as a whole began to really separate, right? If you were a Christian, you became very, very different than the plans and agendas of these nations throughout history, and we're going to see that on a world scale. That's normal, and it's where we're going to believe our word more than ever, right? Amen. We're going to decide, we've decided as a church, right, as Christians, as sons and daughters of God, that we have his word, and his word is uh, the only compass that we can go by, Because it'll look stranger and stranger through the lens of this world. They're going to make the word of God. You thought the word of God was strange when you first came to it, right? Who thought your Bible was a little strange the first time you read it? Who still thinks it's a little strange and you want to believe it? You actually want to believe it and it's still a little strange. But through the world's perspective, through their lenses, it's going to look more and more... um, In fact, they're going to call it evil because it doesn't accept the world today or its system, its agendas, and the Bible prophesied that, that they will call evil good and good evil, right? And that's where we're going, which is why I believe that the Lord started 2022 saying, you need to be in me. You need to live in me. I need to be in you, and you need to be in me. It's not about heaven. This is not about your eternal security. This is not about what he's doing and preparing in the heavens for eternity. This is about the earth, what you, your life here on the earth. This is about making it. We can't be just fatalists and just say, uh, which means basically, well, God's going to save me. He loves me. I don't need to worry about anything, and I'm just I'll die when I die. That's very foolish thinking. We must be very aware because God's got a purpose for us. If our purpose was just to come to know him and then die, then we wouldn't live entire lives here, right? We're here for a reason, and our lives are here for a reason. And you have children and grandchildren and friends and family that need you. So we must be very alert and very aware in this season, which is why we must be in him, and we must rely on his strength. The enemy has been trying to get... Uh, us into our own strength, and in all different facets, everybody goes through something different, but just to try to get you into you, get you in your head, get you in, in feelings and in hurts and pains and miseries, etc., and basically get our eyes off of the Lord, and get our eyes focused on the issues and the agendas, and forget that God has a plan, and that there is a kingdom, that God is over here ruling, and the enemy is trying to war against him, and we're in between. That's it. Don't forget that. He wants to try to hide in the shadows and make us think, you know, just focus on all these issues and all these things going on in the earth. You must realize that there is a war going on in the heavens. It's been going on for all of time here that we've been on the earth. The, the devil loses, doesn't he? Say, God wins. Remember, we said that in 2020, I think it was, 2019, I said our phrase for this year is, God wins, God wins. He's going to win every single battle, every single struggle, every single fight. It will come to a conclusion and God will be the winner. But in the meantime, you are on this earth and you are here for a purpose and we we won't make it. I remembered saying this years ago and I didn't even fully understand what it meant, but I knew that the Lord was saying it. We wouldn't make it without him, not knowing what we would be looking at and I believe that it's even more than ever that I must say that we will not make it without him. You won't make it without the Lord. Now, it's easy to say, well, again, my eternity is secure in heaven, uh, so if I don't make it, then I don't make it. And uh, whatever happens, I don't care. Whatever the world's doing doesn't matter. We have to find the way that we We are aware of what's going on. We understand what's going on, but we look at it from a kingdom perspective, from a God perspective. Does that make sense? You have to look at what's going on in the earth and not be unaware, but also that I'm not looking at the issue itself. That's not really, that's just the, that's the, the smoke screen, right? That's the Trojan horse, right? Because within that really is an enemy that is trying to build his own kingdom. That's really what all this is about. And we must realize that we are soldiers in his army. Do you realize that when you came to the Lord, you were drafted into his army? We don't realize that. We think we're all civilians in the Lord. You know, there's there's certain groups of Christians they war for God, but we're the civilians we're just going to party and we're going to live over here. And then you go to war for us because that's your job. That's your calling. And that's not the case. It's every single believer was drafted into the army of the Lord. Every single one was meant to carry within you the spirit of the Lord and the glory of God. Yes, and enjoy his presence. And those are all amazing facets of God. Simultaneously, you are also meant to be armored by him. And that's what we looked at when we closed last week. And I'm going to look at right now and go into it. We need to be armored by him. And we need to stand for him. Amen. You know that if nobody stands for the Lord, the world falls to nothing. God does everything through his people. I don't know why he chose to do it through us, but he does. God raised up 12 disciples, right? He raised up one man, Moses. He took out one man, Abraham. He, he took one man, Joseph, to save the nation. Do you see? God uses people. And if, it, if the person in each of those stories, right, the 12 disciples, one of them decided this is not for me and said, I'll just take the money. I'd rather just take the wealth of this world, right? And there was 11, say, and then there was 11. <laughs> God uses people, and we have the choice to stay and to stand. And I've brought it up many times in John 6. Many disciples left Jesus and then Peter said, you know, I'm not leaving. Jesus turned to them and said, you, you know, you can leave if you want. And Peter said, where would we go? We're going to follow you. It's a time in the Lord that, yes, we must be in him to hear his voice and be led by him. And he gives us wisdom and he gives us knowledge and he shows us what's going on in the earth from his perspective. And yes, that's all great. And then we come out of our bedroom and we're living in real time. Amen. Who can understand exactly what that means? I love the experience of being with God, and I love soaking in his word, and just that's easy, right? And then we come out into reality, and the point is that your enemy is relentless. I told you that I spent three full weeks not even mentioning the enemy in his strength, talking about the Lord's strength. What do you need strength for unless your strength was going to be challenged? Why do you need to be strong if it was never going to be tested? And I spent three fall weeks talking about just it's about him and about oneness of him who remembers. Right. So this is part five, but three entire weeks just talking about being in him just for the sake of being in him. It's him. It's about him. And then last week we transitioned into this. And I want to look at this now in Ephesians six, verse 10. It says Ephesians six, verse 10. It says a final word. Everybody say a final word. Who wants to pay attention? I said last week, if somebody's on their deathbed and they said, I've got something to tell you, who thinks it's probably pretty important? Right? A final word is something I'm going to pay attention to. Not that I didn't care about the other words, but this is probably important. He says a final word. He says, be strong. Everybody say, I'm strong in the Lord. Right? And you may know it as in the power of his might. And the NLT says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. That word strategies could be translated as uh, tactics, trickery, uh, you know, uh, trappings, etc., Right? So the enemy has a plan and a purpose against you. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And the Bible says here, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against him. Now let's just use some reverse reasoning here. If I have to put on all of God's armor to be able to stand, what happens if I don't put his armor on? Then I won't be able to stand. And we talked last week, putting on his armor is not just a prayer. I'm not opposed to praying this prayer, right? But just like I pray, Jesus come into my heart, but then if I go live like the devil, then my prayer was pretty cheap, right? So you can pray Ephesians 6, but then I need to live like I believe what I just prayed. Amen. So I need to put his armor on because if I don't put it on, I won't be able to stand. Put it on, I'll be able to stand firm in this life. If I don't put his armor on I'm not gonna make it because verse 12 says for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies and your translation might have some different definitions words here but the point is in the seen and the unseen evil rulers authorities unseen world powers both in the heavens and on the earth things the enemy is moving behind the scenes and he's moving Uh, with the earth so like when they wrote this Ephesians right at that time you had a Roman occupation and you had uh, the nations kind of uh, answering to them and before that it was Greece and before that you had Babylonia right so you have nations that are doing things moving against the world but our word says that there are spiritual forces behind those nations there are things happening in the unseen right and you we could go into a big study right? Daniel has an encounter with an angel, and the angel tells him, I need to go back and fight. I'm still in the middle of a fight. Came here to give you a message, but there is a war going on in the unseen. I have to go help Michael, because there is uh, there is a, 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 a spiritual force that's behind this nation. It's not just the, nas- the nations of Persia, but there are forces that are fighting, right? We know our Bible, right? Who knows Daniel? So the Bible says that there are forces that are against us, and that they are not flesh and blood, but you see flesh and blood, I see a nation, I see a man, right, who wants to, Hitler wants to rule the world, right, I can, so I can see an entity, I can see a man, I see a nation, but that there are forces that were behind them and their purpose may have looked like on the surface right was for good and they were right uh their only reason that hill were even got elected was because he promised peace he promised something new. I'll give you a new time, and and we're gonna make things right, and we're gonna we're gonna create this super city. And they were trying to build, right? They were going all around the world and trying to bring in artifacts and and uh, uh, and bring in and, and create this super city and like the new technology and etc. Right? Sounds familiar. And he was elected into power. Yet behind him, I don't even know. Did he know what was behind him? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. And this is all throughout history, but that there is a force of hell, right? His purpose was evil, wasn't it? The purpose was death. The purpose was, uh, uh, on the surface, light and, and happy and about, you know, about our future and about the progress for the world. It's about the earth and the good of the earth and the good of people. And meanwhile, there was an evil agenda behind them. And so that's what our Bible says here, right? So we're not surprised. We are fully aware of this as believers, that there is an unseen world and there are powers and heavenly places behind them. So then verse 13 says, so that we as believers are not caught off guard, we're not in fear, we don't struggle, we're not going to war and, and fight in that way where we're going to be in it, we're going to be aware so that it says, verse 13... So that we put on, everybody says, so that we put on every piece of God's armor, so we will be able to resist. The Bible says here that the enemy can be resisted. That even though he's coming, and even though he has a plan and purpose for his agenda, he can be resisted. And in fact, as believers, I'm going to say he must be resisted. But my point is that we are able, say I'm able, to resist him. When people say I can't resist, they are giving in by choice. I don't care what anyone says. You made a choice. I don't care how you reason it. Or break it down in your mind, or you know, you were this was done to you and they did this, and now it gives me the right to do this, etc. You have given in to the enemy by choice. We can resist, and God has given us, say, God has given us what we need to be able to resist. So there is no excuse, is there? It doesn't mean that you won't fall, right? Doesn't mean that you're not gonna have stumbles but we get back up again, amen, every single time, and we call upon him again, and the Lord helps us up. He's right there with us. We are not in this battle alone, because the Bible says that it's a time of evil. It's a time of evil. Now, this could be a personal struggle that you're going through, and, you know, it's, it's, it's painful the most, right, when you feel like, Whatever's happening in my life, it's not even from something I did. I just feel like everything's coming against me and it's being done to me. And I don't even know why. And I don't know why the world or why the devil or, you know, some people, they don't know how to interpret it. So why why is God picking on me? Right? Some people feel like God's doing it to them. Even believers, right, end up pointing their fingers at God. Why are you doing this? And we have to realize that it's a time of evil, and sometimes it's personal, and sometimes it's on a world scale. I think we're going to see both of those things (laughs) in our lives. But the point is that at that time, it doesn't mean that it won't come, but at that time, we must be in the Lord. We are able to resist. We must be in Him. And at that moment, you have no choice but to endure it. Everybody say, endure it. Now, I believe that we're going to see miracles and breakthroughs in our lives personally, in this church, and in this nation. I really do. And I'm going to keep believing till my grave. What kind of pastor would I be if I didn't believe that God's going to come through for you? I'm not saying it because I have to. I mean it. I've even said it before, and I just said it the other day to someone. If I have to die believing it, then so be it, because even if I'm 95 years old, Right? I live a long life, and I didn't see it in this life. As soon as we break over into eternity, every single thing that God has ever promised me personally, now, you know, he's going to do this for each of us, every single thing, the enemy has no grip, anything that I thought he should have done or didn't do in this time and in that way, every single thing will be fulfilled. Do you understand that? You get the revelation of that. That means that I can believe now, right here and now. Now I'm going to believe for sooner. Everybody say I want to believe for sooner, right? For breakthroughs in people's lives and things like that, right? That we're believing for. But if we have to live long lives and die to see it, we're going to see his promise. We're going to see his fulfillment. You realize in in outside of time in God's perspective, you know, he's watching creation. Now, I know this is weird. He's watching creation. Because, you know, even science is starting to see that time is a circle and not really a line. They don't even know how to interpret it, but they're seeing it like a circle. And uh, Einstein, actually, that's what he, you know, one of his big breakthroughs is he started to say, you know, I'm not saying he said I can make a time machine, Okay. But he did say time travel was theoretically possible because he saw it as circles, began to mathematically break it down. So you have to realize that God, outside of time, is looking at creation and revelation at the same time. God is looking at you in your struggle. You think, where is he? But he also sees you over here in your breakthrough. Isn't that amazing? God is, okay, you say, God, where are you? You don't see me. And God's like, you need to be armored in me. Because what you can't understand and what you can't see is heaven is already on the earth. It's already a new heaven and a new earth. You just can't see it. You can't understand that yet. Be in me. Now, it's easy to say things from a pulpit. It's easy to read the word and get faith. And like I said, when you get up and go out of your bedroom and into the real world, that's when the rubber meets the road and you're like, okay, but how? God, I prayed I want to trust you, and I prayed I want to believe you, but I don't feel strong today. I feel weak. I feel hurt. I feel like they're doing this to me, and I feel like this is not fair, etc., right? How? And to be honest, I can't give you just, you know, a seven-point, you know, how-to. It's not a little manual you can pull out and go through your checklist quickly and say, well, this is how. But I can say this. You ready for this? And I think we can all get this. Lord, I just prayed in there, and now I feel like the devil's after me again, or, you know, I feel like the weights are suddenly on me again. You don't have to run back into your bedroom. It is as simple as this. You ready? Lord, I believe what I just prayed. You ready for this? Take another step. Some of the belief gets worn off because this world, like we're in, you realize, right, who's ever been in a really strong current Anybody ever, like, try to swim through a really strong current? you got to swim at an angle, because hopefully that if you get your angle right, that by the time that you get to where you wanted to get to, you're working with the current so that it points you and, you know, kind of puts you on the other side. I've been in very strong currents before where I had no control, and that's kind of what this world is, and you just trust in God, and you, you have to just keep believing, keep praying. It's honestly that simple. It sounds like that's too simple, but that's the answer. Do you understand You just pray and say, God, I thank you again. If I don't feel anything right now, well, then thank him again and praise him again and give him glory again. Nothing's changing. Well, then, Lord, I'm going to praise you. The old saying was praise him anyhow, right? Who knows that old saying, old church saying? Then praise him anyhow. Thank him in advance. I don't have anything to be thankful for. Yes, you do. You have salvation. You have peace. You have joy. You have hope. You still have breath in your lungs. You're still on the earth. Looking at those things, suddenly, right, who's ever had a pain, and then you get a greater pain, right? Who's ever had, like, a stubbed toe, and then you break an arm? Your stubbed toe is still there, right, but it doesn't hurt anymore. Technically, it does. You just aren't aware of it because you're focused on something else. We need to get our focus back on the Lord. The enemy wants to try to keep bringing your focus back to the issue. Who who can identify with that? You're like, okay, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to seek you. I want to be in your might. I'm going to be in your word and put my helmet of salvation on and breastplate of righteousness and belt buckle of truth and gospel of peace, right? I got my shield of faith and I got my sword, which is the word, and then, oh, taxes. <sighs> Again, man, April comes around so fast. Right? Right? Someone says something to you and instantly, like I said, you know, it's amazing how you just turn into the devil within like 0.0 seconds. Or go from loving, I just want to love you, Lord. I just love you so much. What would you say to me? It needs to be instantaneous. Lord God, forgive me. I love you. Devil's right back in there. He puts the issues, swirl, you know, try to keep putting it in front of you. And this is what I really want to focus on for these next few minutes. Is that the Bible says, after the battle. Everybody say, after the battle. So what does that mean? There's a battle. You will be standing firm. Right, so there's a battle that's going to swirl, and you might move left, and you might move right in this battle, but when all the dust settles, even though you're exhausted... I'm still standing. Amen. Who's been through something with the Lord? And they can testify. It was not easy, but they would never trade it for the world because God was with them. And they suddenly found themselves. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. There was so much junk that was going on in that battle, but somehow I found myself standing on my two feet in the end of it. God got me through it. Amen. Amen. You have an enemy that does not rest. Your enemy Satan is going to keep coming, but that is why we must be in Christ. I'm just going to make a few statements here I want to get out. There is power when we've done all to stand. That's what the New King James says. It says in verse 13, Ephesians 6, and you may have, you've may you heard the sermons. Having done all to stand, verse 14, Stand. Right? Who's heard that sermon your whole whole life? You've been in the church. You've heard that sermon. After having done all to stand, then, then what? Then stand. I've done everything I can do to stand, so you just stand. I've Lord, I believe you. I know your word. I trust your word. It doesn't look like it. It doesn't feel like it. I know I say that all the time, but that's reality, right? Because most of the time, Things don't look good and feel good to our natural senses, we must, but we believe a, 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 we believe a word from God. We believe his word in contrast to what the news is saying. So you cannot go by feelings. You cannot go by what it looks like. And all you can actually do is just stand. That's it. That's the hardest thing for us to do, but that is the answer, is just stand. I'm just, and the devil, right, Annie? How many times a day he's going to tell you, you don't have a place to live? But you know that God's already got it. That's standing, right? But the enemy is going to tell you all day, every day, it's not going to work out. It's the same lie after lie after lie. And and you know what? You just stand. I know it sounds too simple. This is too simple, right? This can't be right. God, I trust you again. I believe you again and you know what sometimes your mind i just want to relieve any condemnation because sometimes you have bad days even bad weeks even bad months where your mind was sucked into the devil's lies and you know what as soon as you realize and the holy spirit's there beeping the horn (laughs) and that's why we must be part of the body just coming into a church there's something supernatural coming around other believers too i can't tell you how many times that I was like thinking a thought and I'm feeling this and I'm not sure and maybe feel, you know, uh, like something's not right and I don't know, I don't know where God is right now. I don't know, you know, whatever. It's hard to describe the feeling, but you just feel off and you talk to another believer and who has felt like you're just encouraged. Suddenly. I mean, I can then think clearly, and I was like, oh, that was the enemy. Make me feel condemned, make me feel this, you know, and that was just... The Lord's gonna do it. It's that simple that we must stand. There's a power that we have in him when we've done all to stand and stand. I want to create a visual picture for you. There's a place in God, submitted to God. It's submitted to his plan. It's obedient to him. Now this is very, very important. We cannot pray Ephesians 6 and not get these things right. In order for Ephesians 6 to be right, this is, the, this is the pattern. Everybody say there's a pattern. We must get some things correct, and I hope in the next couple of minutes I can kind of just very quickly lay some things out here. We've laid down our sin. If there's sin in your life, you are no match for the devil. It is never, ever going to stand against them. It's not about grace. It's not about love. It's not about the Lord loving you. It's not about him wanting the best for you. It is a fact. If there is sin in your life, the devil has already won that battle. Right. so we've laid down our sin. Now, we might not have sin, but we have pride, which is sin, but we don't call that sin, but it is. There's pride in our life, but we've laid it down. God, I just lay down my pride. We need to lay down our plans. We lay down our will. And then what we've been focusing on here specifically is we lay down our strength. It is, at, Lord, and, and, and you know, like I've said before, even sometimes before sermons, I will go through a little thing with the Lord just so that my mind gets what my spirit knows, that this has nothing to do with me. I'm just a vessel. I'm just a mouth. You're the word. Take your word and fill my mouth because you're the word. I'm the mouth. And just get this thing right that that even if something comes out right, that I can't take any credit for it. Amen. We've been stripped of self, and we've put on Christ. We have communion with him. We've become one with him. Our natural armor was no match for the enemy. Your natural armor was no match for the enemy, so we took off our armor. And we, put on, and we were naked before the Lord, right? That's what you do before the Lord. You're exposed before God. Everything about you, he knows it. He's seen it. You're giving it to him. And then he puts on a supernatural. Everybody say, we took off natural. We took off natural armor, and God gave us supernatural armor. Amen. It's like this. Do you know in everything you do in physical activity... Whether it's some sort of outdoor activity like chopping wood uh, or sports, weightlifting, shooting, playing any type of ball sport, cycling, running, etc., there's something we call form. Who's aware of form? It is the most important thing to whatever you're doing, anything physical, because you can have good form or bad form. Who's aware of that? All right? Uh, form is the proper position and proper movements to avoid injury and produce the best results. Okay, now let me say that again. Form is the proper position and proper movements to avoid injury and produce the best results. And I just kind of phrased it like this, really off the hip, pun intended. All the right things are in the right places, All right? All the right things are in the right places. It's the proper follow-through, right? When the form and the follow-through are good, the results are good. When the form and follow-through are bad, now this was like a revelation from God. I'm just meditating on this. The results are ready for this. If the form and follow-through are good, results are good. But if form and follow-through are bad, the results are bad or lucky. And I began to really, this was just, I'm just writing down some thoughts, and I feel like the Lord started speaking to me and showing me some things, and I said, wow, this is kind of crazy here. There is a position, there is a place, there is a way that we must be in God, and it is the, it is proper or it is improper, do you understand this? Being in God is not haphazard. We've created this haphazard Christianity, I'm not saying in this church, but in general, it's just come to Jesus, come any way you want, and then don't ever change anything. You just have Jesus now. He's like an accessory, right, Dawn? How poor... Dawn got upset because her coffee from Ready Coffee didn't have the Ready Coffee logo on it. It just didn't taste as good because it didn't have the logo on the cup because it's an accessory. <laughs> it's either right or Or it's wrong. And we've created this kind of haphazard thing. We cannot fool around with this. You realize you're fooling around with life and death. This is why we must be before the Lord. And I really hoped I would get into it. It would be like session two if I had my way, actually. Have a lunch break and come back. But I guess we're going to do it next week. Taking me weeks and weeks to get to this place of, of humility. There's a place in God. There is a form. And this is what happens if you have bad form. Now, we have a term for someone who's good at something even though they've never done it before. We call that beginner's luck. Who's ever heard that term? Now, what happens if the person who thinks they're good because they had beginner's luck, if they keep playing that way? Now they may have had a couple of natural abilities. Some people are better at sports than me. I'm not I'm going to be the first to admit it that there's a lot of people that are better than throwing all the different balls out there, much better than me. Take I'll take you out on a mountain bike trail though. Let's see how you do. But so there are some natural abilities that some people are going to have over others, right? Some people are going to be able to pray better. Some people are just going to be able to, they just love to worship. That's kind of a natural bend to them. They just love to read so the word is easy for them, okay? So you understand that some people are going to have natural bends in the kingdom, just like we do in sports, in any type of physical activity. But what happens is if you don't do it the right way, we have what happens is bad habits form. And you know how hard it is? I mean, I mean, every single sport. I've talked to an archer who has been shooting his bow for 30 years, and he still can't break a habit. He puts his hand a particular way back on his cheek because he, he formed this bad habit a long time ago, and he knows he's doing it, and it's throwing his air off just enough, not enough to, to matter for the average person, but for him it matters for what he wants to do, and he can't break it. Because he formed it. And I feel like the Lord was speaking to us today that there is a position, there is an armor, and there is a position that we must get into. We must get into the place where we stand. And it, and it is not for us to figure out, you know, I'm just going to, well, I'm just going to do that my way. It's got to be his way. It must be his way. Again, like I said, if there's sin or if there's pride or if there's stuff, in our lives, right? If if we say, I trust you, God, but then every single time that something happens, we begin to get into fear. Now, I'm not, saying, not judging you or condemning you, but if you get into fear when the bill comes every single time, then you are not actually trusting God. I'm not saying that you don't have intentions to trust Him. Okay, now listen. Good intentions are not the same as good action. Right? Good intentions are not the same as good action. I'm not saying it's easy. Maybe the first time it's going to be really hard. But you grit your teeth and you say, I trust you anyway. Because what happens is we need to build up what's called good form. Everybody say good form. Because, see, when good form happens, someone's got good form. They keep themselves from injury right? Keep their body from injury, right? I'm just saying even just something like chopping wood. You chop wood in the wrong way after enough amount of hours, the person's going to walk away really beat up, right? And see, if we approach the things of God and the kingdom of God, if we don't realize that, see, the enemy is relentless, if we don't realize, when I talk about this pattern, I've been preaching these four weeks about being in him, this is not some, you know, it, uh, it's not Like, well, we'll just figure that out. I'm going to be in him a little bit different than you're in him. You pray a little bit more than me. I pray a little bit less than you, and uh, you worship. But I, I watch some things I shouldn't watch sometimes because, you know, that's just, you know, we each have our, God judges us all differently. I think those are all very, very subtle foxes that spoil the vine. Letting areas in, letting things in, leaving doors open, leaving windows open. We need to close those things up. Yes, it's true. Someone might pray. I use that as an example on purpose because someone might pray an hour and a half and you pray for five minutes. Okay, maybe that's your style of prayer. Then, Then you need to pray 20 times throughout the day. You get what I'm trying to say? It's not acceptable for us anymore. In fact, I feel like this is what the Lord said. Bad habits form which may not affect you immediately, but will greatly affect you as you try Uh, to progress. We cannot afford to be lucky. Sometimes, right, the world, they'll make it through these crazy situations. You ever see those accidents and they walked out alive? I mean, I think the Lord was there for them in their future. They may not acknowledge him now, but they will one day. But these people, because a lot of people get lucky. I don't want to live in luck. That's the devil's world. You realize that. We live in favor We live in blessing. We live in grace. And that's really what I want to focus on next week. I mentioned it weeks ago. It's been kind of a thread, but I want to bring that in, humility and grace, how they work together next week. But what happens is, is we cannot afford to be lucky and we cannot tolerate bad form in our lives. We will never progress unless we have the right form, the right posture, and the right position for the battle. Now, if that feels a little incomplete, it's only because I've been spreading this sermon out for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I don't want to cram it into one week, and you won't remember it. So if you want to listen to some of those things on the podcast, and then next week, as it even comes together, more put it together, the point is that God wants us to get into a place, and I'm just going to sum it up in these, these one, this one minute into this place of unity and oneness that I've been talking about, this place where we are in communion with him, we know him. And what happens is when we're in that place with him, we're letting him go through our heart, right? David said it was like a comb going through his heart, right? So the issues, the prides, the sin, the stuff in there, you are already spending time with God. He's already exposing him. It's not like a a thing where you're constantly coming back to the Lord and being like, oh man, forgive me, I need to repent because, you know, I've been away from you so long. It's this constant communion of, Lord, forgive me, and it's instantaneous. I shouldn't have looked like that. That was a bad look that I gave that person. That was an evil eye. (laughs) Forgive me, Lord. Right then and there. And so it's just constant communion, and we're never giving the devil entrance. If it's a once a week, a once a month, certainly an Easter thing, right? Once a year. (laughs) Man, you are—the devil is going to be winning and winning and winning and winning. And yes, God, there's grace and mercy, and God's there for you, but this is a horrible way to live. We want to live in freedom and in peace. Isn't it funny? We argue, and it's like we argue about— God either being too harsh and too much like a, a dictator and, 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 and you're too legalistic. And, and meanwhile, what they're arguing for, usually the person that accuses you of being legalistic just wants to sin. And it'd be okay. I mean, if you really boil it down, that's usually what it means. I want to allow these sins into my life because I feel like that's, you know, it's okay for me. But really what it's doing is it's giving an entrance for the devil. And he's just going to play with your mind and play with your, the whole thing. It's just going to be a big, twisted-up mess your whole life. We're going to be in peace. We're going to be in joy. We're going to be in hope. We're going to be in victory in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you, Lord. That's your prayer today. This is our, this is our body. Thank you, Lord God. You are with us. You're leading us. And I thank you, Lord. You're the head. You're directing us. I pray. Prick our hearts. Speak to us, Lord. Show us this way and that way. Not this. Don't do this. Do this, Lord. I thank you. That's not legalism. You are keeping us from the path of the evil one. You're keeping us, Lord. In fact, I hear this from the Spirit of the Lord. Being led through a minefield, I certainly would want a GPS. I would want someone to tell me where the trappings are. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that, that you are leading us, Lord, like a good shepherd, Lord, through the minefield and keeping us unscathed. In Jesus' name, amen.